This is Nova Church Halifax, where we love God and love people. Tune in as Pastor Mike Miller teaches from God's Word and how we can have a Nova life, a new life. Today, if it's okay, I'm going to preach this for a little bit today. If you have your Bible, turn to Acts chapter 3. If you have your Bible, can you just hold it up high? Hold it up high if you've got a Bible. Acts chapter, if you don't have a Bible, you'll see it on the screen behind me in a moment. But Acts chapter 3, I just want to encourage you today. If you're taking notes today, there'll be, thank you, Kim. If you're taking notes today, you can write this title down somewhere, Don't Settle. Write that down somewhere, Don't Settle. Or We Won't Settle is an even better title. We Won't Settle. Or Don't Settle. If that's not spiritual enough, uh, you can write down somewhere, Don't Stop, Can't Stop, Won't Stop. Write that down somewhere, maybe. Or uh, if you're from the 70s, you can write down, Don't Stop Believing. That would be a great title as well. Uh, we Won't Settle. Love that picture of our city. How many love that our city, Halifax? It's growing. Some people love the old buildings. I like the old buildings, but I like some new buildings too. I like seeing stuff being built. One of our talented team, Evan, took that picture. And uh, I just love anytime I anytime I travel and preach, my screen is always a picture of Halifax, my ser- sermon title. It doesn't matter what the sermon title is. It's always going to be a picture of Halifax because I just love our city. We won't set off. If you have your Bible, Acts chapter 3. I'm going to read this for a few minutes this morning and then just unpack this um, and go on and enjoy our day, have some coffee. The coffee is free, by the way. Uh, I want to let you know this, too, that we've established a couple weeks ago. If you're a, a mom here who's nursing, we have a special room available for you. And we've set it up just for you, and it's awesome, and there's chairs in there and privacy. So we just love young families. We love uh, bringing, doing church as a family. So if you're like, hey, if you if you're, uh, have a child or a child on the way, we've made room for you. So that's available. Uh, just know that's there. But we just love our church, and we love our families that come here. And it's so good to see you today. I want to remind you today that most regrets in life come from somewhere from people settling. I've realized most of my regrets in life came somewhere where I've settled, and I want to encourage you that we don't want to settle as a church. We don't want to settle on relationships. Come on, someone say amen. If you're single here, don't settle. Don't say, I know sometimes my wife always says this to young adults that are single, do it right, because you'll be married more than you're single, so do it right. And you know what's worse than being miserable and married? You know what's miserable being, than being miserable and single? Being miserable and married. I tell young adults all the time, don't do something about your singleness. Do something with your singleness. But don't settle. Don't settle. Don't settle with your jobs. Some people are just trying to make a living. Listen, I encourage you to live a life. I don't think God wants us to get through life just trying to pay a bill. And I believe in paying bills and working hard. But I believe there's a why to your life. And there's purpose. And just don't settle for a job and an income and just retirement and just trying to get through. I don't want to settle. I don't want to settle as a church. I don't want to settle in my life. And I've realized most of regrets in life come somewhere where we settle. We settle, God's good enough. That's all I deserve. You know, I'll just take that. That's fine. I'm the guy at restaurants that I just, I just, I just settle. I'm that guy at restaurants, I just settle. I'm like, what do, you, what, 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 do you, what, what do you have? We don't have that. I'll just have whatever you want. I, just, I'll, I say all the time to the waitresses, whatever you suggest, I'll eat. Why? Because I don't want to bother them. I'm just settle, right? I'll go into a busy coffee shop and it's busy. I just get black coffee. Why? Because I know they're busy. I'll just settle, right? But you know, I've realized in my life, I won't settle for purpose. I won't settle for false relationships. I won't settle for just going through the motions. Today in Acts chapter 3, great passage if you'll let me read it today. Acts chapter 3, I want to encourage you today as we settle in our hearts, we will not settle except for God's best amen. Look at your neighbor and say, say, say I'm not going to settle today. Say it like you're awake and it's not raining in Halifax today. Say, I won't settle today. Acts chapter 3, you're going to start reading in verse 1. 
If you're there, say hey. If you're lying, say hey, hey. Yeah. <laughs> Peter and John went to the temple. These are two of Jesus' disciples. They've been through some stuff. I want to let you know that following Jesus is worth it, but it is not easy. They walked away from a career. They trusted Jesus with their life. They got their hopes up, and then the man they were following all of a sudden just said, hey, I'm leaving. Part of a bigger plan. Jesus died at the cross, rose from the dead, and now they're a part of this great movement of the church being birthed. People are getting healed, and people are getting right with God, and miracles are happening, and now they are building the church. In Acts chapter 3, verse 1, says, Peter and John went to the temple uh, one afternoon to take part in the 3 o'clock prayer service. i got to pause right there. You know you're spiritual when you're going to church at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Like some of you show up at 10 o'clock like you did God a favor. Come on. 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Come on. That's football time. That's, that's prime nap time. I walked into a hospital a couple weeks ago in this waiting room, and this woman looked at me, and she said, Hey, how are you? Did you get your Sunday nap? And I, at that moment, I'm like, how do you know I nap on Sundays? And she was one of you, you guys from church. And I was like, okay, all right. Right away, I'm thinking, I think she goes to church because she knows Sundays are for napping and football. Can someone say amen? These spiritual men went to church at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. As they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. And each day, he was put beside the temple gate. It was the gate that was called the beautiful gate. So we could beg from the people going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, look at us. The lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money, but Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. And in the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up and stood to his feet. And began to walk. And the walking, then walking, leaping, and praising God, he went into the temple with them. So as I was reading that this week, thinking about our church and this, this thought in my head, we won't settle. I want to let you know there are some special moments happening in our church. And I don't apologize, but we talk about it nonstop. We, we talk about it. We Instagram about it. Some of us break our feet Instagramming about it and our toes. Some of us are injured because of how excited we are of Instagram. We talk about it. There are some special moments happening here and some of the stories that we hear from you when you guys send us prayer requests and you guys send us emails and you just say, hey, here's what's happening. The stories that we know, the faces that we see, there's something happening here. But I'm reminded that we celebrate moments. This, this man here jumped to his feet and a miracle happened. We're seeing miracles happen in our community, but all because in conversations and in meetings behind the scenes, we've determined in our heart we won't settle. You get to those miracle moments because somewhere in your life you decide, I'm not going to settle just going through the motions. I'm not going to settle for just having a nice church. We're not going to settle for just being religious. We're not going to settle for just having a few hundred people. And in every meeting, in every conversation, in our prayers, we are pushing forward saying we will not settle. As I was turning 40, I felt God speak to me. I, we believe God speaks. Some of you need to know God wants to speak to you. Not just in church. He'll speak to you in your car. He'll speak to you in the shower. He'll speak to you wherever you are. I felt God speak to me and said, your 30s were great. And I was like, yeah, they were. He said, do you want to spend more, more time in your 40s telling stories about your 30s, or do you want more stories? And I remember thinking, my heart was starting to beat, going, I want more stories in my 40s. We're seeing some stories happening in our lives, some miracles happening. People just 
God's reaching people, and we get to be a part of this, and I'm telling you, it'll fuel you like nothing else when you see God step into people's lives. But we've determined in our lives, we're determined as a church, we will not settle. Can I encourage you in your life, don't settle. Don't settle for going through the motions. Don't settle for just being nice people. Christians, just nice people, harmless people. Sing some songs, go to church. Don't settle for an average marriage. Don't settle for just having a nice family. Don't settle for just going to work. Come on, I believe that God has something more for your life. Can someone say amen? You were born with purpose, on purpose. Don't settle. As I read the scripture today, I just want to pull out a couple of truths from this. First truth I want to pull out is in verse Verse 1, in, in verse 4, it says this, as Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, look at us. First truth I want to pull from this today is see and be seen. See and be seen. It says they looked intently. You ever look at people, but you don't look at people? Some of you, man, I'll be like, were you in church Sunday? Uh, I've been coming every week. I'm like, I haven't seen you. Now, I saw you. I see you right now, but I don't see you. Teenagers are like this, aren't they? You look, you look at a teenager one day, and then you really look at them like, you grew a foot. My son comes down every morning. I don't know what Nancy's feeding him. I don't know if there's some kind of special chamber in his room, but he grows every single night. And once in a while, he comes downstairs, and I look at my son. I see him every day. And then one day, I look at him. I'm like, I look intently. I'm like, you grew last night. You're getting, you ever, if you know that with the kids around here, the teenagers around here, like, man, like, I look at you, but then I look at you. It says they, 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 they looked intently at this man. I want to be a church that we see people. If we're not going to settle, we just can't see crowds. We've got to see people. A couple years ago, I was in a church, and they had reserved seating for me as I was speaking there, and this usher came up to me, and not usher like the musician. These are my concessions. These are my confessions. Like the, like the, like, like the, the ushers that come down the aisle. And like, hey, pastor, pastor, there's someone in your seat. Do you want me to move them? And I looked out on the front row, and it was a guy that was visually impaired in my seat. I remember thinking, I don't know if I want to actually be a part of a church that makes someone blind move so I can have a seat. And I realized in that moment that Usher was doing his job. He was seeing the crowd, but he wasn't seeing the people. I do that so much, don't I? I can see a crowd. How many were in church this week? I see my city. But listen, if we're not going to settle, says the disciples, it says they looked intently at people. If we're not going to settle, we have to see people. Got to see people. We can't be afraid to look at people and see where they are in their journey. Not afraid to see them. Because people have masks on, don't they? We wear that mask. We come to Sunday. Am I the only one that walks into church in my skinny pants? Come on, my black shoes, my jean jacket, my Spider-Man costume, whatever I got. And just put on your best, but maybe you had a rough week. Listen, I believe we can look at people intently and not afraid to see what's under the mask. Some people drive in here, you got your nice car and you're doing well, but sometimes you're not, you're not doing so well on the inside. Some people walk in, they look rough on the outside, but listen, we can't be afraid to look underneath the mask and go, I see you, I see you. There's something about being seen, isn't there, when someone looks at you and go, how you doing, how you really doing? Listen, we're not going to settle as a church for just seeing a crowd and seeing a city. We want to see people and not be afraid to go through their journey with them, not be afraid to walk through this with them, not afraid to see their value. Or the, or the trip that they're on, the journey that they're on. See people's value. So many times we limit people to what they make, what they drive, what they look like, where they live. We are committed as a church. Let's be committed as people to always seeing people. The disciple says they looked intently. See people. Second thing it said was, it says they said, look at us, be seen. See and be seen. It says, look at us. Oh, I want to tell you, we're a church that's not going to hide. 
Let us be a people in our faith that you're not afraid to step out for God. He said, you're not going to hide. We didn't come this far to hide. Someone needs to step out. Yesterday I was at the grocery store. Maybe it's only preachers that do this. I don't know if you do this. But I play this game every single time at the grocery store where I try to get in and out without seeing anybody I know. Am I the only one? Because you know what I'm talking about? Like if you're going to see people, you've got to get done up another level. You know what I'm saying? Like is this only the pretty boys on the stage right now? Come on, you know what I'm talking about? Like I, I, I'm good to go, but I'm not good to go. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm good to go. Wait, right, Nancy's like, I need you to go to the superstore. I'm like, how many items? That's my question. Is it five? Because if it's five, I don't need to comb my hair. But if it's 20, I'm going to be there a while. i got to put a hat on or some gel in my hair. You know, am I the, you're looking at me. You're judging me today. But I go, into, I go into the grocery store, and I play this game. I'm like the worst pastor in the world. I'm like, can I get in and get out without talking to anybody? Some of you do the same thing when you see me. Oh, God, there's the pastor, right? <laughs> we got a great relationship. You don't talk to me, I won't talk to you. We're good, right? I had a beanie on yesterday, man. I just had a, I had a hoodie on. I was just looking like, looking like regret. I was just like, I got to get in and out. And I played this game. I walked down an aisle, do a drive-by first. Am I the only one to do a drive-by? Anybody I know in that aisle? Nope. All right, we're good. <laughs> is this too real for somebody right now? You're like, this is not the church for us, you know. Get halfway down the aisle. I think, I think I know that person. I can get that at Sobeys. All right. One of you run a business in this city, and I, was, I dropped by your business yesterday, and when I was there, they introduced me. One of the owners of the business introduced me to some people, and they had just been talking about Nova Church. I'm like, hey, this is the pastor from Nova Church, and, and later on, I got a text. I'm like, hey, by the way, sorry to put you on the spot like that. I think they might have watched my Instagram story where I was hiding from people at Superstore. They're like, sorry to put you on the spot like that. But and I, we want to respect your privacy, but we had just been talking about Nova, and we were excited to introduce you. And I started thinking about that. I thought, you know, we didn't plan a church to hide from talking about it. Listen, we didn't give our lives to Jesus Christ to hide from talking about it. We didn't get all dressed up and let God do something in our lives to hide from it. We didn't, well, I'm not, listen, the Bible says, the disciples said they were, they said, look at us. So many people, they want to hide behind Jesus. Don't look at me. Don't look at me. Look at Jesus. No, no, Jesus said, I am the light of the world, but I'm leaving. Now you're the light of the world. Let it be a church that says, look at us. Don't be afraid to look at us. We're not hiding. We're not in the shadows. We are stepping out for the world to see. Look at my Instagram feed. Look at my family. Look at my bank account. Look at my private life and my public life. Look at me. We're not afraid to say we are imperfect people, but we are serving a perfect God. And look what he can do with our life. We're not going to settle. I want to encourage you as a church, we're welcoming the stairs. We're welcoming the investigations. We're welcoming the questions. We're, at, we're welcoming people the conversations. We won't settle for the shadows. We are committed to be shining examples of imperfect people following a perfect God. The closer you get to me, you're going to see I get frustrated. You see that my wife has bad coordination on stairs. You're going to see I hide in grocery stores. You're going to see sometimes we are frustrated with our kids and our kids are frustrated with us. Sometimes we are tired. Sometimes we have issues. But we serve a perfect God. But so many times the church is hiding, going, no, don't look at me. Don't. Listen, we are proud what God has done in our life. And as a church, we're not going to settle for just hiding in a theater on Sunday mornings. We want to see people where they are, in their journey, in their pain, not afraid by their mess, knowing God can take a mess and turn it into a message. And we're not going to hide going, look at someone else. Just look at Jesus. We say, look, look at me. If God can do it for me, he can do it for you. That's why we don't mind people looking at us. We are a testimony of what God did. 
We were going through a test, and God turned it into a testimony. I was where I was, but look where I am. God stepped in, and I want to show you what God's done. I'm not where I need to be. I'm not perfect, but I'm on my way to what God has for me. Listen, if I can encourage you, look at my life. Look where my marriage was. Look where my kids were. Look where my mind was. Look where my regrets were. Look at me. And the disciples said, look at us. Because they look like disciples, but they had fishermen's hands. They'd been through some storms. They'd been through some stuff. They're like, look at us. If he can do it for us, he can do it for you. We're not going to settle as a church. We're going to see people, and we're going to be seen. Second truth from this passage today that so encourages me is in verse 6. Verse 6, Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold, but I'll give you what I have. Here's my thought today. Give what's needed, not what's wanted. There's a difference in that statement, big difference in that statement. The man wanted gold, but what he needed was healing. We give what's needed, not what's wanted. As a church, we won't settle for just giving people what they want. The man, if, if you had answered his request and his prayers that day, they would have gave him some money. But the next day, he would have still been sitting there looking for money. He didn't need gold. He needed a miracle. Sometimes what we want, we don't need. And sometimes what we need, we don't want. I love my kids, my daughter. She wants candy all the time. She would eat like suckers for breakfast. She did yesterday, actually. She just, if it, if it has sugar and, and, and color to it, she will eat it for every meal. And my wife's like, Maddie, put the chips away. I'm hungry. Wait for some broccoli. Why? Because we know what she wants isn't what she needs. My daughter's growing, and she's beautiful, and she's awesome. Why? Because we didn't give her what she wanted. We gave her what she needed. I never forget when we took her bottle away from her. She was like one and a half, two, three, sixteen. I don't know how old she was, but <laughs> I'll never forget the day because we had the routine. She called it her boppy. And we'd sit in bed. I'd get her up in her onesie and the full diaper. Oh, it was awesome. And she'd get in bed, and we'd watch Barney together. And she'd sit there and drink her bottle. When she was done, she wouldn't even look at me. She just hit me in the head with it. She was like two, bald, beautiful little baby and one day Nancy's like this is it she's done with the, with the bottle no more boppy we're moving her on to solid food and I was like whoa 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 that's my cuddle time I never forget that day she got in bed Barney's on she looks at me and she goes where's my boppy my heart died that day a little bit but my wife knew what God knows sometimes what we want isn't what we need and what we need is what we want listen there's there's pressure sometimes on us to go after what we want I thank God he hasn't always given me what I wanted, but what I needed. You know what I thank God for? I thank God for unanswered prayers. Some of you need to thank God for not answering those prayers when you were 15, when you were 20, when you were 40. I thank God he didn't give me the relationships I wanted. Some of you would have married that joker. You'd be in a mess today if you got answered your prayer. Oh, if I can just marry that guy, and now that guy's a mess, and your life would be a mess too. Thank God for unanswered prayers. Somebody like, oh, if I could just get that job, that job would have caused more problems in your life and more grief. And you're just like, thank God I didn't get that job. Thank God I didn't get into that school. And some of you, listen, God is saving us from what we want because it's not what we need. I could spend all day thanking God for unanswered prayers, things that I wanted in the time, in the moment, going, I want this so much. I want this opportunity. I want this relationship. I want this job. I want this moment. I thank God he didn't give me what I wanted all the time because what I want isn't always what I needed. May we never settle to be dealers of stuff, but givers of life. Oh, I'm not going to settle. Our prayer is, as we grow as a church, we're going to get a building one day. Some of you need to give a little more, but we're going to get a building. We want to get a building. We want to get a building. 
We want to be a permanent place in the city people can come to. And I was driving around last week just looking, going, <clears throat> all right, we, nope, we can't afford that. We could afford maybe the parking lot in front, the parking spot in front. But I'm looking around and my heart started to dream because I believe it's a part of our legacy and it's part of our future. But even as we get buildings and get conferences and get more staff and as we do more things, may we never be the people that give stuff, but we give Jesus. We're not going to settle to be a church that gives programs. People all the time are like, man, does your church do this? I'm like, no, we don't got that. What about this? You got this? We don't, we don't got that either. Can I stop by the office? We don't got one of those. <laughs> I need to talk to your youth pastor. We don't got one. Your music pastor? No, we don't got one of those either. We got some amazing people that help us and serve and give everything, but we're not paying nobody. Man, your building, we don't have one of those. The guy said, I can help paint your building. I'm like, yeah, if you can find it, you can paint it. <laughs> <laughs> but my heart is as we grow and as we go that we'll never substitute stuff for Jesus. Peter and John said, we, saw what we, we don't have that. We don't have that. We don't have it. We don't have what you want, but we got what you need. You know what I'm thankful for on Sunday mornings? We got what you need. Well, what, what do you have for the teens? Do you have anything for the men? Is there a men's thing going on here? Do you have a midweek service? I, I love those things. Not, but listen, it's never going to substitute what we need. What we need is Jesus. People walk in here, they don't need another program. They don't need another building. They don't need another thing. They need to know that God is with them and for them. Oh, we're committed to giving people Jesus. I was at Starbucks on Dayton a couple weeks ago, and one of you walked in, and it was that great conversation. One of you walked over and said, it was really awkward. It was that slow walk towards me. I'm getting my cappuccino, and I just know, okay, someone's coming over to talk to me. And, and they're like, this is that conversation you've been waiting for. I was like, oh, God, this is it. And he's like, you don't know us, but we know you. I was like, okay. And then we go to your church. I'm like, yes. We started talking. It was an awesome time. And if you're here today, it was the highlight of my week. And got to connect and hear stories. And I love it. At one point, uh, one of the people says, so you feel good about the church? I'm like, yeah, like you should feel good. It's amazing what God's doing. It's really good. I'm like, yeah. And so like, are you going to start changing up the sermons a little bit and maybe even preaching deeper? And I was like, this is all I got. Like this is, if you're waiting for deeper, deeper preaching, this, you ain't going to find it. This is it. Because I've realized years ago when someone is drowning, they don't need the Greek word for lifeboat. They don't need a word study on a life raft. They don't need a four-week series on how to build a, a life preserver. They don't need uh, uh, details and depth. What they need is a lifeboat. I'm reminded, listen, we're simple here today. We just preach Jesus. We preach that if God comes into your life, he can help you. If you're struggling today, Jesus can help you. We don't have a building. We don't have a lot of staff. We don't have a lot of things. But we got Jesus. What we do have, you may not know you need him, but you do. You may have walked in here going, I need a program. I need, I, need, I need somewhere I can go. But no, what you needed was Jesus to come in and forgive you for your sins and lift you up and take you to another level. We have what you need. Always preach Jesus. That's what we got. Come back next week. I'm going to preach about Jesus. Come back next week. I'll encourage you. It'll be about Jesus. His plan for your life, he can forgive you and help you. Come back week after that, we're going to preach some hope, sprinkle in some Jesus, because that, why? It's, that's what we got. We're going to give you what we got today and what you got, what we have, this city needs. As we grow, may we never settle for just giving stuff, but giving Jesus. The third thing in this, and I love this in this passage in verse chapter 7. It says, and Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, if you've got an old school Bible, you can write it. You need to circle that. As he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. There's a truth there you need to know today. The miracle is in the reaching. 
I read this this week, and something started to jump inside of me, because we're at that point now, we're 13 months in, and God is doing something, man, record crowd last week, and God's doing something, middle of the rain, you guys are showing up, people are, we're seeing miracles happen, relationships being restored, people finding hope in Jesus, and as we're going, people are like, what's the next step, and I'm like, I don't really know, all I know is, give them what we got, is Jesus. As I started reading this, I started seeing the miracle in this story. The miracle was in the reaching, not in the preaching. It's interesting. It happened outside the church, not inside the temple. The miracle happened on the street, not in the service. It happened where the man was, not where the music was being played. The miracle was in the reach. It says, they said, we're going to give you what we got. What we got is Jesus. And it says, then they reached out, read your Bible. And as they lifted him up, that's when the miracle happened. Sometimes we're waiting for the miracle to happen before we help somebody out. When you get your life straightened out, then we can celebrate and help you get on your feet. Man, we're waiting for God to do something. God, do something. And God's like, no, no. The miracle is in the reaching. Not the preaching. The miracle is not in the organized church that you think it is. It doesn't happen on a Sunday morning all the time. It doesn't always happen in this room. It happens when we reach. It says as they reached, it says that as they lifted it up, that's when the miracle happened. Last week I was preaching two services in Ontario. Someone said to me, how do you stay so passionate when you preach? We're sitting in this room and this aspiring preacher looked at me and said, how do you stay so passionate? He's like, you cry almost every service. I'm like, I know. Jeans are too tight, that's why, you know. <laughs> He's like, how do you stay passionate at 43? You've been doing this a while. Mm-hmm. We have one of our team preaching next Sunday. I'm here. It's not about me preaching. Some of you say, do you travel a lot? Yeah. It's part of a call in my life, but it's also to raise up preachers here. We've been blessed with some amazing preachers here. One of our teams preaching next week, and I'm so excited. I met with them this week, met with him this week, and he's like, what, how, what helps you the most preach? Ontario, I'm sitting down with this guy. said, what helps motivate you to stay passionate? I said, let me tell you what helps me stay passionate. I put a face on the fight. And I put faces in every seat I go. In Ontario, I didn't know nobody, but you know what I did? I put your faces in their seats. I put faces of people that we've reached and people that we couldn't reach in those seats. I think if I get one more chance to speak to that young man or, or that young woman or that person, what would I say? And I preach like a man on fire. Why? Like a dying man to dying people. Why? Because I put a face on it. See, some of you, I get to know some of your stories in this room. We walk in here and we have coffee, but I get a chance to know some of you are battling cancer in this room, and I want to preach hope into your life, knowing that I don't have a lot, but I can give you what I got, but God will help you in your life. You can't just share a message when you know someone's struggling for their life. Some of you tried to take your life even a few weeks ago, and now you're getting plugged in and you're in small groups, and I preach to you every Sunday because I know where you were and I know where you're going, and I see us helping you up, and God's doing a miracle in your life. There's people I couldn't reach, people that just, I I don't know why, we just couldn't get to. I put them in the seat every week, and I preach to them. It says, as he lifted them up, they got healed. People are going through some something, and they need more than stuff in this room. It's a nice church, but you need more than stuff. We got the best team, but they know we don't do this for the lights. 
We don't do this for the haze or the kids' ministry or the coffee. We're just creating environments so you can get in. And we won't give you what you want. We'll give you what you need. Some of you just want a comfortable place to come to church and check a box, but you don't need that. Your marriage doesn't need church. Your marriage needs Jesus. Some of you, the regrets in your life, you feel so much shame. You feel so much shame. You walk in here, you need to know that God has a plan for your life and there's hope today. You need hope. Some of you need a new start. That's what you need today. You need a new start. You need to know you're not alone. You need to know if someone messed with you in your past, it doesn't disqualify you from what God wants to do in your present. Some of you feel like you're damaged goods. You walk around like, I'm not valuable. I got no, listen, because someone messed with you. Don't let their mistake mess up your future. You are valuable and called by God, and there's a reason why you're here, and you're valuable and needed, and, and you are stunning and remarkable in every way. It says they lifted this man up, and as they lifted him up, a healing happened. So many times we don't help because we see what we don't have instead of what we do have. One of our team members going through a rough time the last few weeks. Started unpacking this and going through it. And I said to Nancy, I said, ah, I just, I wish I had a thousand bucks to give them because they need some help. And I was like, oh, I wish I knew how to figure this stuff out. I'm not, I'm not a counselor. I'm not a therapist. I wish I knew more. And Nancy's like, Mike, they don't need a handout. They need a hand up. She calls this person, come over for supper. Come hang out for supper. Come watch TV with us. Come hang out with us. And my wife gets it. Sometimes I don't get it. I give, I give, I give sometimes I give, I look at what we don't have going, if we just had more money, I could help somebody. If I, if I had more time, I could help somebody. And it's like, it's not what we don't have. It's what we do have. What we do have is this hope. It's this Jesus. I want to remind you today, sometimes we look at what we don't have. Well, we don't have a building. We don't. We don't have programs. We don't, we don't have a lot of things for this age group. We don't have a lot of this. Listen, but what we do have is this hope. May we never settle as a church for waiting till we have stuff before we reach somebody. This is a miracle happening here. People are coming in thinking they want something, but they leave going, no, no, what I needed was a fresh start. Some people need to know that their past doesn't disqualify them. Some people need to walk in knowing that God loves them where they are. They don't need to believe right or behave right for God to say, you belong here. Oh, can we give people what they need, not what they want? Let you know today, as we help people up, a miracle happens. It says the disciples grabbed on, determined, going, we're going to get you up, and we're going to get you standing. May we never be a church that settles for Sundays, but live for Mondays. Not going to settle for Sunday church, folks. I love Sundays, but Sundays is not where we land. It's where we launch. If we do this right, you leave here going, no, no, I can reach somebody this week. That coworker, it's not about getting them to Sunday, it's about getting you to Monday. It says they grabbed on and they were determined to get him up. May we be a church that will be determined in our spirit, we're gonna help somebody. We're gonna reach somebody. It might be taking someone to Swiss Chalet after lunch going, can I just hear your story? Can I, I wanna see you and I wanna be seen right now. Some of you, it's not rushing out, grabbing a coffee and going, let's talk. Some of you are going, listen, let me help you. Let me help you. I don't got much, but what I do have, I have Jesus. Let me just see you and help you. And we are determined as a church to reach some people. That's why we do this. We're not going to settle as a church. I promise you that. I've come too far. I've been through too much to settle for having a nice church or a cool church. 
I want a church that reaches people and says, we are committed to grabbing you. We don't know how this is going to go, but we're going to hold on and stand you up. And a miracle will happen in the reaching, not the preaching. We're not going to settle today. I love this place. Can we all stand to our feet today as we get ready to close? Some of you walked in here on this rainy day. Some of you took the bus. Some of you drove here. Some of you maybe even walked here. We're going to sing this song in a moment, and then we're going to pray for some people. Before I do that, I want to say this. If you say, hey, Mike, I don't know Jesus. Today you can start a relationship with Jesus Christ. I don't have much, but I can give you Jesus. Here's what I know about Jesus. He didn't come to judge you. He came to save you. He didn't come to tell you what you did wrong. He came to say, no, I got you. I got you. Jesus always lifts you higher. You're like, man, you don't know where I was last night. I was struggling with this and struggling with that. No, but you're in the right place today. That's the Jesus we offer. The Bible says you can know you're right with God. It says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, it's by grace that we believe. It's by faith that we believe. It's believing that God can help us, that we can't earn it, we don't deserve it. I want to pray for you. Can we all pray together today? You said, Mike, I, I, want, I want you to pray for me. We're all going to pray together today. I believe as we pray this prayer, a miracle is going to happen. That God's going to start this journey with you of helping lift you up. You're like, man, I'm not where I need to be. No, but let God get a hold of you and watch where he'll take you. And the healing is in the reaching. Can you say this after me? All of us together, worship team, church, say this after me. Lord Jesus Christ, I give you my life today. I'm asking that you would come in and help me. Would you forgive me for my sin? Would you reach me in my pain? Would you reach me in my shame and make my life new? Come in and lead me and love me. I believe you're the son of God and I give my life to you in Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer, there's a card that you got when you walked in. Just check it off. It says, I made a commitment today. And take it to the welcome wall. We just want to give you a gift. But this morning as we get ready to close, I felt today that we need to make some moments, some space. For some of you, you love Jesus, but you need a hand up today. Someone to pray with you. You're going through something. It might be mental. It might be physical. It might be relational. I don't know what it is for you, but you walked in here going, man, I just, I just, I don't know what I, I don't know what I want. I don't know what I need. What you need today is for God to say, I'm with you. I got you. We have a prayer team. Prayer team's going to come to the front right now. And we're going to sing this song. We're not going to counsel. We're not going to question. We're just going to pray today and let you know that we got you. And together, you grab us. We'll grab you. Today, we're going to believe. We can go to another level. You need prayer today. Maybe it's for your kids. Maybe it's for your teenager. Maybe it's for your job. Maybe it's for something in your life you're struggling with. Today, as we sing this song, the altars are open. We don't have a lot today. This building will go back to being a school in a few hours. We don't have an office. It's my living room. We don't have a lot of staff or a lot of stuff. But what we do have is this hope that when God comes into your life, he always brings you higher. We're not going to settle. But I know this, what we got, you need. And what he's got, I need today. And that's hope and life and a fresh start and healing today. Amen. Father, I thank you for this moment. Thank you, God. There's power in the name of Jesus Christ. Only you. Only you. We don't have a lot today, but we got you. Jesus, only you. That's what we got, and that's what we give today. So, Father, we agree together in Jesus' name. Come on, if you need prayer today, if you come to the front, we want to pray for you. Let's sing this together today.